Hey guys, it's Brian here. It's so wonderful to be back here with you guys. I'm so excited to introduce this new episode because our girl, Adabisi, is goals, y'all. She's an entrepreneur, fashionista, upliftologist, and just a beautiful woman of God all around. Grab your notebooks because she's definitely dropping some gems, y'all. Enjoy the show. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Brandy. Done. Because you said my full name. Oh, I did. I don't know. I was just in the moment. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Maybe because we're just on names. I know. Yeah. So I'm super excited to be back. Yes. Um, oh, and I'm back back because I wasn't back before. Yeah, we did miss you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're back, though. I did shout you out, so uh, it's good. Hey, y'all. Yay. <laughs> um, hey, everybody out there. We are so excited today. We have a special guest in the building, well, in the virtual building. Yes. Let's give it up for my girl. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She is. Yeah, she is. New friend to the show. <laughs> my girl, at a BC. Adam Wale. Hey, Adam B. Say. Hello, ladies. Hello, hello. Yay. I'm so excited that you're here. Okay, yeah. so quick story time. I met Adam B. C. through our God and Lemonade Instagram. Adam B. C. is so dope. She was just out here in the world. Like, I don't even know how I followed you or how I even found you to follow you, but you were doing a giveaway. It was like, uh, were you doing like, how many days were you doing? It was for your birthday, right? It was my 30th birthday. I did a 30-day giveaway in November 2018. Yes. Wow. And so I'm like, she, you know, I, in my mind, I'm like, I never win anything, but she like did a giveaway. And so I like entered it and I won something. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, that was the earrings, right? No. No, no there wasn't the earrings. It was, a, it was a jacket or yeah, a shirt. It was like a jacket oh, vest kind of thing. Okay, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got like a some hair products. It was like all kind of goodies that came with some chocolate. Like it was just all types of stuff. Oh yeah, I definitely remember the bag. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, um, and then after that, I think we did a giveaway for mm-hmm. Michelle Obama's book. Yeah. And then Adabisi and I were kind of talking about that. And I don't know, from then on, she did a book club. I joined it and the rest is history. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Yeah. And so from that, I've gotten on the book club like every month and then come to find out like she's my sorrow we're in the same sorority um and then come to find out just even more like she's just super dope right and so we just kind of connected so we do talk you know a little outside of the book club as well so it's just been really cool that is like a win for the internet like the internet has won one okay because sometimes the internet is just like why right right like why are we here why are we doing this so um, but outside, you know, and I'm meeting you at a BC and I was just like, oh, like she's just a dope girl. But y'all know she's really, really dope. Okay. Like the list of like what she has done in her life is like, okay, let me catch up. And I'm older. So <laughs> it's like, right? that's yeah. what I told Kendall. And I think today we were at breakfast and I'm just like, oh, she's goals. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. I just love her. Um, yeah. So I saw your TED talk that you did. Um, then I learned that you were like a White House intern. Then you're like entrepreneuring right now. Like you're just doing everything. You're beasting out in life. So yeah, girl. I'm trying. <laughs> like God help me. Right, but most importantly, like you love the Lord, and yeah. that's like, love him. Uh, and so that's really where we vibe it. So when we were thinking this year, like who can we talk to? Who has a story to tell? Who can bless? ourselves and our listeners i was like adam bc has to come she just like she's just everything so yay girl 
Yes, welcome to Thank the show. Thank you so yes. much for having me. Thank you both so very much. I'm greatly appreciative of you even thinking of considering me to be on the show. Yes. All right. So let's hop right into it because we have so much to talk about. So everybody knows this, well, unless they're listening for the first time. Our tagline is God is in the details. And for us, we just really feel like, you know, good or bad, happy or sad, whatever, like God is there if you really sit down and reflect. So one of our first questions we love to ask is, how has God been in your details? He's all up in the details. (laughs) (laughs) I am literally in a season of what I heard and I coined and I love so much, a faith walk with God. It is straight nothing but trust right now because this entrepreneurial thing, I don't care what Instagram says, any type of social media says, people talking about they made six figures in a week mm-hmm. from launching the product. Sitting here, I'm like, go ahead and give them the process. Yes. Don't tell them about the, the results right. of what happened because that's not guaranteed. Uh-huh. I'm sitting here, I'm just like, God, I trust you. I've heard from you. You sent your servants. You've given me prophecies. You sent people dreams. And I'm just like, can you stop talking to everybody else? Talk to me. <laughs> okay. And God literally <laughs> spoke to me. I'm just like, oh, okay, so you were serious. This was a thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and he, he's just literally been in the details from day one. I remember, and I can think back to times my parents would talk to me about how they had dreams of what God showed them for what's, come to, what's to come in my future and how he literally is confirming that now. Mm. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, I was so excited to talk to you about hearing from God and trust because we have those conversations often and I know, like, I kind of feel like you but on the opposite end because I'll be like, Lord, like, you ain't sending nobody to talk to me. You don't talk to me. So I love when I talk to you when I'm hearing, like, the miracle signs and wonders that I think that we all, like, just need as Christians sometimes to keep us going. Um, so I'm so encouraged by just your story. So that's, like, that's a little bit of what God's doing. Even if you feel like he's not moving in your life, I'm encouraged. Right. Just to know that, like, what he's speaking through people is actually happening for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And not, don't get me wrong. It's not a sprint. Right. And it's not a sprint in the, in the least bit. It's nothing like a sprint. I'm just like, God, this is a real long marathon. Good, good, good gracious. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and one thing I, I remind myself, I tell this people all the time. Uh, the Bible tells us that a thousand days, a thousand years, excuse me, not a days, a thousand years. It's like a day to God yeah. and a day like a thousand years. So imagine we're in our 30s. We only technically on 30 years. No, no, not even. We're on like second three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Second. We got on seconds. Okay. Yeah. Right. Second. <laughs> you wow. know, a thousand years. And I mean, imagine God is just like, yeah, go ahead and take your time, girl. And I saw a, a post on Instagram that I love so much. It said, unrush yourself. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I love that so much. I was like, woo. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you comparing yourself to? Whose life are you immortalizing and idolizing? The world. The world's life. The the life the world tells me I have to live. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's we're so quick especially in this season and generation of social media and accessibility to the world mm-hmm. to look at what people are posting yep. for a 15 second reel of a highlight of their life and think that that's their end and their beginning yeah mm-hmm. you know, and we forget that this is a snippet mm-hmm. it is the final edit it's the beautiful picture i'm not going to post a picture of me sneezing right. or me laughing and having all 32 out i'm not going to post a picture of me 
with my computer literally crossing my face, lining my face where I'm sleeping on my computer at 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to post a picture of the results. The finished product. Mm-hmm. Right. The finished product, you know? And we... You know, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I, I, my parents always, my dad especially, I was like, go to sleep early. I, I feel like you never sleep. Go to sleep. And I'm sitting I'm like, I'm trying to crack the cold. You know, I'm trying to figure things out. I'm trying to listen for God. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this thing because if I don't move and I don't act, God is not going to do nothing either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At a BC, I feel like we live in such a world of instant gratification. Like we yeah. oftentimes forget what you just said, like, it's only a snippet. It's only Mm -hmm. the finished product that we get. And when these entrepreneurs are out here selling these people, these dreams saying you can make a million dollars in a week, but they're also not saying that they're sleeping on their computers. Uh They're, They're not getting those eight hours. They're, they're hustling. They're doing whatever it takes to, to make that, that dream come to pass. So I always try to, make myself remember like yeah it looks good when I get to because as humans we compare right like we we see things it's just the the human nature in us but I always have to take a step back to say well wait what did it take to get there and what am I willing to sacrifice yeah to get (laughs) get what they have yeah absolutely and that's that last line right there what am I willing to sacrifice that's that part that no one talks about. Right. No one talks about the sacrifice of time. No yes. one talks about the sacrifice of relationships, both intimate and friendships. Yes. No one talks about the sacrifice of education. Are you going back to actually study and getting those answers so that you can position yourself as an expert, so you can position yourself as someone who has the knowledge, the wisdom to actually present? People don't talk about how they are not an overnight success. They're 15-year success. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, see, you see people who are skyrocketing to success and to fame but it's been a process. It's been a journey. And people don't necessarily talk about that. They talk about the results. And we forget that there's always a process to everything. It may be three weeks for somebody. It may be three days. It may be three years. maybe may be 30. Yeah. But people barely talk about that process. And we have to remember that some people who have teams. Yeah. Mm. You know, virtual assistant is somebody on your team, whether you see them or not. Yeah. Someone you have in your family who, who backs your idea. Not everybody's fortunate to have a family who supports them. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things matter, and I think that people take for granted those moments of time, those those snippets. There are people who live on social media. Yeah. You know, I'm a blogger. I started as a blogger. I started posting things, and I want people to experience great things and be able to live vicariously with, through me without envy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times when I get on social media, I'm just like, wait, you're still on here? You're commenting on my post within seconds? <laughs> right. I come on here at different times every day, so I'm just like, that means that you really stay on here. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. that's crazy. I really appreciate just people like yourself, and I mean, there are other entrepreneurs out here, or people who just have climbed the ladder in their in their corporate jobs or whatever, who are very open to their process, and that's why you know, I personally push in my personal life and here on this platform, like Revelation twelve eleven, like us overcoming as a people by other people's testimony is. Yes so valuable um because i feel like we're all in bondage to like this idea of how we have to be who we have to be but if people really just tell the truth yes tell the truth is shame the devil like (laughs) then we could really progress um as a people because everybody wouldn't be walking around just like with all this weight on them to be Mm -hmm. and do and blah 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 and it's just like 
Woo, child, just calm down. Let it fall off. It's okay. We all have a journey, you know? Yeah. I love, sorry, I don't know if you're about to ask me another question, but I have to say this. I love that you said that because I always tell my sisters and even my teenagers at church, because I'm one of the teen te- um, teachers in church, mm-hmm. I, I can come to church and just listen to people's testimonies and be fed, and I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I don't, not saying that I don't like a good sermon, but I don't need a sermon because our lives should be ministering enough. Mm, mm -hmm. who are are weak in faith, who are struggling to overcome whatever battle or addiction. Our lives are ministrations. And I I hate the term minister, deacon, pastor, for the mere fact that people have become to idolize those things. Mm, What I believe as believers is that we are ministers of the word of God. Our lives are a portrait of Jesus on this earth. We are his hands and his feet. We are called to do greater works than he did. So therefore we must be ministering to the people who are around us. Right. Yeah. I told my sisters a couple of weeks ago that my, I, my life is nothing but straight living off of other people's testimonies and claiming it for myself. Nothing. Ooh, short of it. Right. That's the secret. Nothing. That's not like a secret. I need to like apply that to right. my life. And manifest. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I, mean, I can think back to even as early as I should have been, 13, because I went to ninth grade at 14. I will never forget when I went to my second sister's graduation um, in high school, and I saw her class president speaking during graduation. And I was like, yo, that's pretty cool. He gets to do a graduation speech. Like, he's the only student speaking. That's so dope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I learned that he was class president, guess what my goal became? Right. To become class president. And I ran freshman year, didn't win, became cool with the person who actually did become class president. And, you know, I honestly, I was like, yo, Jay, you, you get up your answer. You're not doing a good job here. So we had an honest conversation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. We had an honest conversation. And I, I mean, I'm sure he didn't like me at the time, even though we're cool now. <laughs> but I ran against him because I knew that I could do a better job. It was my goal to be class president. And I'm not even going to lie because I wanted to do a graduation speech. That was my, <laughs> that was the result that I saw. Yeah. I didn't see him being class president. I wasn't there in high school with him. Yeah. You know, true, that's true. what I saw. So I ran sophomore year. So freshman year I ran against, it was eight of us who ran. Sophomore year, sophomore year, <laughs> sophomore year, there was four of us who ran. Mm-hmm. I won. Awesome. Come on now. Junior year I ran, there was, a friend of me ran against me. A girl, I mean, came out of left field. I was like, who, like, who are you running against? Like, what? <laughs> By now, we should know that this, this is untouched territory. Right. right. I'm dominating this. Come on now. So anyway, she ran against me our junior year. By senior year, I already solidified it. You know, right. shut it down. And my, myself and my class, my fellow vice president, we both ran for three years and we won. So that goal became a testimony. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it sounds minute. That's, I mean, that's the earliest point of me seeing it. It goes on to college where I saw myself. I was like, I wanted to be a fashion designer. My mother said, no. She's like, you're not going to college to study fashion. My African mother. That's a whole different story. <laughs> and I knew I needed to be in Paris during my collegiate years because Paris was a dream of mine. I wanted to study fashion. Fashion capital of the world is Paris. Everybody knows that. Yes. So when I got to college, it turned out that GW had a business school program studying abroad in Paris. I said, God, you're too good. There's no way. There's no way. This is my freshman year. I had already planned in my head, I'm going to study abroad in Paris, France when I become a junior. 
Wow. Convincing my African parents to travel and study abroad is a was would have been a beast. I don't know how God touched their hearts, but I'm telling you, God was all up in it. Yeah. I came home for like Christmas break or something. Mind you, I had already started applying to the program without telling them. I came home. Turns out they had the, the school had mailed a package or something to you know, my parents. See, it's your own school yeah. that betray you like that. <laughs> my own school. They, no, it came through for me. It came through for okay, me. Okay, good, good. But I sent it to my parents, you know, that you know your child can study abroad in Paris through the GW School of Business program, blah, blah, blah. Everything's curated. They'll be protected. You know, they they, they, they took, care, took care of the details. Yeah. All came home, my African dad, my Nigerian father, said, <laughs> We got this package from your school talking about study abroad program. Blah 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 blah. Um, are you are you interested in this? It sounds like it's a pretty good program. Wow. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, you know, I could be. I'm 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 a little interested. I heard about it. Right? <laughs> oh, you trying to play it cool? Like, yeah. girl, it's all right. All right. Lord, keep my flesh from jumping up because I'm your girl's excited. <laughs> so my mom was like, yeah, we you know we read up on it. Blah blah blah. Told me what what he did. They're like, okay, we think you should apply. I was like, oh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even got it to the program yet. It wasn't confirmed, but my parents gave me the go. You know how you just, you know, yeah. that you know this is the confirmation that I needed. This is the piece I needed about this situation. This is what I needed to hear. Yeah. My parents said that. I was just like, wow, because they already told my two older sisters that they couldn't study abroad. And I didn't know that until years later. Wow. Yeah. All my sisters, they couldn't study abroad because we're first generation American. Parents are trying to make sure they, they get us every opportunity that they didn't have. You know, everybody, yeah. when parents want you to do something well that they didn't have, they, right. they put you all up in it. So they didn't see the benefits for my sister at the time Yeah, to be able to do it. At least they didn't understand it. So when GW sent that pack- package from my, on my behalf, bruh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, Man. Like, what's up? That is so okay. crazy that, you know, we say this all the time, like, and sometimes it's hard to stand on it, but, like, really what God has for you is for you. Right. It's for you. And you don't it's have to do anything things. extra. You right. just have to listen to what he said, and you have to just move on mm-hmm. what he said and right. know that it will be, you right. know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's hard. Okay, so <laughs> let's get into this. So you were, you just talked about your parents, which is perfect to kind of go back to your early years. Um, Coming up in your household, like, how did you learn about God? Because right now we're having this big conversation about mm-hmm. religion religion versus relationship. And so, you know, Brandy and I would say that we kind of grew up religious, initially at least. And especially in our adult years, we have been very intentional about relationship. Um, so what was your experience like? So I definitely came to the knowledge of God through my parents because they're yeah. the ones who took us to church. They're the ones who would minister to us on on. Saturday, Saturdays was our family time to talk about the word, dig deep into relationship with God, relationship with people. So definitely, I, as I grew up and I started to get deeper into my relationship with God, I'm just like, people have these crazy testimonies about how God, like, saved them. Oh, my God, God wrecked me. I was crying, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I ain't never had no story like that. <laughs> Dang, like, my story's boring. Mm-hmm. And my parents take me to church mm-hmm. um, and, and minister the word of God to me. And, you know, I'm as, as much as they tell me I was the, the worst child, the troublesome, not worst, the troublesome child. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I really, I, I didn't find the need to do all these things. But it's also that my relationship with God came when I feel that when one of my friends in high school was pregnant mm-hmm. and she just, she, I don't, she, I, she will never understand 
the way she ministered to me because she wasn't coming from a Christian standpoint. She was coming from a place of pain. Mm. And she was pregnant at the age of 15. And we were talking about sex and purity. She's like, BC, have you ever had sex before? And I'm like, no, girl. She's like, what do you do? Just wait for the man that you love. Just wait on wow. it. Because like, look at me, I'm 15 and I'm pregnant. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do in my life. And I'm just like, wow. Wow. And then I will never forget, I saw Seventeen magazine. That's when Seventeen was popping for us. Seventeen magazine. And it was an article by this black girl who was talking about her grandparents and how they were the only lovers that they knew within each other. Mm. They were married up to this point, I think it was 60 years. Mm -hmm. It was a long time. Like a lifetime time. (laughs) (laughs) We fell in love as teenagers. And I was like, dang, that's beautiful. You know, and that I committed myself to God um, at that point because in my head, my dream was I was going to get married at 24. I am still single, so we're not going to talk about that. But I was just like, God, yeah. I think this is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like God heard that. And when you come to God as a child mm-hmm. and innocent, not necessarily a child as an age, but childlike mm-hmm. and innocent, right. when you that, oh my God. Mm-hmm. God yeah. loves the pure at heart, right? Yes. The Bible tells us so. I think when I came to him and I was just like, God, I would do that. I think he heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My girl, let me go ahead and snatch her up quick. Right. We're to get snatched up. So right. um, I think that honestly catapulted my relationship with God because it only grew from there from when I was a teenager to college years up until this point. So it, it's definitely was seeded by my parents, but also me being observant and diligent to hear other people's pain points and going back to that testimony thing that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. can, testimonies can be of all variants. It's not just the good things that happen. The testimony can be think, people's pain. Yeah. yeah. You know, people always say, how do you hear from God? You hear from God in numerous ways. You can hear from God in pain. Mm-hmm. You know, that pain doesn't have to be yours. That testimony doesn't have to be yours. That joy doesn't have to be yours. You can hear somebody else's story and hear God. Um, and I, I truly believe when my friend was speaking to me at that time, that was a moment for me because what she told me is something that my dad would tell us all the time, you know, he, and I don't know, he would say, um, protect yourself, keep your, you guys are girls. And Mm -hmm. he would tell us that if a man impregnates you, the man can run away and have a clean slate, Mm -hmm. but everybody will know that you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Everyone will know that you got married or that you had a child out of wedlock because you will carry that child. Yeah. And not to scare you, but that's the reality of it. The man can leave you. He can leave you high and dry. Yeah. You know, and as a daddy, uh, a girl daddy, because he only had three girls, <laughs> you know, he, was, he, he made sure he covered all his bases. Don't, don't do it. Right, <laughs> right. And if you like, do, like, this is the consequence. This <laughs> is the consequence. Yeah, but right. I feel like as much as my parents would tell me that, you know how it takes one person outside of your parents to tell you something that you actually understand. You'd be mm-hmm. like, "What, man? This is so just philosophical. Right. Like, where has this right. been all my life?" Meanwhile, your parents in the background, like, "But I told, I told you, you that, like two years ago." <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. The parents are um, sick of the kids. They're like, but I tell you this every day. Right. I think just Jesus be like that about me sometimes. Yeah, yeah you right. <laughs> but me too. <laughs> All of I always say that because Jesus is our advocate. I'm like, I bet you God is just sitting on his throne and be like, you really want this girl to come up here with us? Right. <laughs> like, you want to let her in here? Right. Like, crazy. Right. Like, I am sick of y'all. Yeah. I love like that though that your um, blast off into like your relationship with God came from a non-traditional source. I love that because I think a lot of times 
we think that like everything about coming to God or God is going to be so like clean mm-hmm. and just like put together. And you know, the mm-hmm. Bible been trying to tell us it's not like that, but right. we don't get it. And I, th- I love it. You were not to say you wouldn't be open to it, but now I feel like in my mind, like that has to make you more open to other people's experiences and seeing God in everything versus just like one way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Would you, Absolutely. would you say that, um, your first encounter would have been like hearing from God would have been like that real life experience that you talked about with your high school best friend. Or did you say she was like your close friend that was pregnant? Was that one of the first times that you could probably um, put hearing from God and just that message being um, the way you like related to God? So she wasn't actually a close friend. I, okay. I want to point that out because I was class. Remember, I told you I was class president. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I just I love people. So okay. I love hearing people. It doesn't matter what relation we have. Yeah, I love speaking to people. So I was able to receive from her because she was so genuine and transparent. Okay. And she was very forthcoming with what she was saying, and I, I truly appreciated that in that moment. Up until this day, literally up until this day, I remember that, and I tell. Again, the teenagers in my church that I minister to, as well as teenagers who come to me by virtue of my business, you know, be smart with your decisions. Don't You don't have to experience everything for yourself. The people who say that experience is the best teacher are people who, who want to cover up their sins, who want to have a, an escape route. The mm-hmm. best teacher mm-hmm. is other people's experiences. That's yeah. wisdom. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go, go through the pain. That's what else has already gone through. You know, you, when you when you observe something and you see that you don't like it, do not pursue it. Right. Run the opposite way. It's that simple. And people are like, well, how do you how do you break out of things like that? I'm like, you say no. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. that simple. Yeah. You know, when you have, the Bible tells us to flee mm-hmm. every appearance, mm. evil, not the evil itself. When you see the appearance of it, when you see it start to creep up, run. Yeah. Right. Keep you a pair of track shoes in your backpack. Okay, Mom, okay. Nike. Don't take the heels off and run barefoot. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> it, when I think people always try to give themselves an excuse out, but simply to answer your question, I think that being willing to listen, even when you don't want to, yeah, taking hold of your flesh, even when you don't want to, whether it's being angry, being excited, and uh, at the wrong time, and speaking sexually excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know how there's pl- there's times when you know you're at the wrong place. Yeah. You know you're at the wrong place, and it's just kind of like, what do I do? How do I escape this? But the Bible tells us Please. that through every temptation, that God will give us a way out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everything God will give us a way out. So it's just kind of like Holy Spirit. I know this is not this is this doesn't look good. I need you to help me out. Come yeah. through. <laughs> right. And Come he through. will. Use yeah. your Holy Spirit. Like my friend says, use your Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> so, okay. That's a good one. I'm going to start saying Yeah, use your, your Holy Spirit. Spirit. That's good. I like yeah. it. We're stealing it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. So, so moving more into your family. Now, you've already mentioned that you're a first-generation American. Um, what was that like growing up in your house, um, seeing your parents' faith? And trust in God? Like, how did that rub off on you um, as you were growing up? I mean, completely. My parents, again, are the ones who 
introduced Jesus to my, my sisters and myself. Yeah. They're the ones who took us to church faithfully. Their trust in God wants to raise us as first-generation um, immigrants, or not first-generation, as immigrants, excuse me. Yeah. And not knowing the education system, not knowing how things got along with their diligence and being involved in our lives, mm-hmm. wanting to make sure that we succeeded. Yeah. I think that that has been able to keep my hope alive, if you will. You know, when I trust in accomplishing something is not my trust in that object or that system, but my trust in God, which reflects in your, your trust in other things. Yeah. I believe wholeheartedly that came from my parents' teachings, their word, their consistency with my sisters and myself. Yeah. What age did you realize, like, how big it was what they were doing with you guys? When I was in college, girl, what was that, 17? Wow, okay. Girl, 17. you were in I college don't... at 17? <laughs> right. Like, Brandon's over here shocked about you being in college at 17. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Adam, we're just going to have to go. I'm, I'm flying out. We're going to have to go <laughs> for just, like, long, yeah. We're going to have to talk offline. <laughs> No, I was only 17 for, what, three months? I have a late birthday, so November. Okay. Uh, birthday, so I was only 17 for, what, three months in college? Okay. <laughs> She's like, okay, yeah, still. Right. Yeah, no, still not. She's like, still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, I tell, I tell children, especially those who are going to college, like, listen, college is the devil's playground. Mm. Especially when you come from strict backgrounds, like mm. my sisters and myself. Yeah, yeah. One of two things happen. Everything in life is two things. Good or bad, yes or no, up and down, left or right. It's always two options. Right. Everything else is a subset of another another option. Yeah. But when you get to college, it's the devil's playground. You either wild the hell out yeah. or you're prim and proper. Yeah. I I feel like I was I was definitely prim and proper. You asked my line sister, you asked my friends, you're like, Oh yeah, BC was always praying on campus. <laughs> <laughs> praying for you heathens. <laughs> but I still, listen, but I still had a, an approachable personality. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I love people. I love getting to know people. I love having one-on-one time, getting to talk to people, because that's how you get to know people. Yeah, yeah. You know, life is nothing but a. It's straight up an interview all the way through. I don't care what anybody says. You're always asking people because people are always changing. People are evolving. People are growing, stretching. Hopefully for the better. Yeah, but um. I definitely realized that when I got to college because I would see things. I'm just like, oh, dang, this is different. I ain't never seen this before. <laughs> like, woo. Yeah. You know? And I, I went to a very privileged school. Yeah. And it's you there. Know, very privileged <laughs> school. Them kids are some trust fund babies. Yes. But it's so funny that you say that because even though you went to a very privileged school, the things that you were... Um, privy to the things that you faced were they might have not been the things that someone else faced um at another college like at, what at the state university i'm just saying just like the thing just saying that their struggle everywhere no matter where you it don't matter how much money you have how how least money amount of money you have there is something that you will face on that devil's play- playground in college um <laughs> that you you have not seen in life and just saying that it didn't matter where you attended college or Absolutely. or what how yeah. much money you had or didn't have. Yeah, like, but like how they kind of say like Hollywood is just different. I'm pretty sure it's a little different yeah. when you're going to a school where like most people are privileged. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there are kids who would not go to class. Right. 
mommy and daddy straight paying. Like, these are the kids with the money. Like mommy and daddy but not going to class and passing, you mean? Not going to class and, and passing, failing, not giving a damn, just getting straight 2.0s, yeah. 3.3s, like, not caring. Yeah. Um, because they could. Correct. Because they could, because mommy and daddy will still have a friend who will have a job waiting for me mm, when I graduate. Right, I just right. have this certificate at the end of the day and be okay. Right. There's a difference. There's that comfort in knowing there's still an option. Huge comfort. Right. That's versus the kids. And, <laughs> versus the students in my HBCU. I mean, you want to go into class, like, you got to figure it out. Y'all, y'all, y'all so cute talking about comfort. That's privilege. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's privilege. But we going to, that's another conversation. <laughs> Randy trying to call Absolutely. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Talking about coming to this, because when I was there, it was the most expensive school in the nation. Yeah. yeah. Well, probably no, 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 it was. Like, no, it no, was no. Perfect. I said it probably is still. Probably. Oh, probably. No, 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 no. Now it's number two. I'm See? like, oh, wow. <laughs> two and three. I'm like, there's another. And it's ridiculous. I'm not even saying, like, that's nothing to brag about. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about a fit, when we were there, it was $56,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Now, for some of my friends who are still there, my Neos, it's 66 for this year. And I'm like, I bet you that that education has not changed. Right. Ooh, child. 66, like, um. <laughs> Ooh, child, I can't. You put okay. some couple more dollars on there, that's my mortgage. I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's the, how much my loan for my mortgage? <laughs> Jesus Christ! And this is her year. You know, this is her year. If I didn't have a scholarship, there's no way I would have been able to attend. Wow. None. That's crazy. Okay, so you're in college now. Right. What, um, how did you discover purpose? Because I know you said you wanted to do fashion. Um, did you already shift purpose once you got into college? Did your parents shut it down? Or were you still trying to, like, figure figure that out. Um, how did you seek God to really like, okay, this is what I'll do. So I love this question because I don't think I've actually had to think about that to that extent. Yeah. I, it definitely wasn't for me. I don't know. I can't say, to be honest, if it was, Oh Lord, what am I going to do? Help me. Yeah. Because I already knew that even with fashion, I would have to be in business in order for me to be in fashion. Right. So it wasn't hard for me to realize that I'm going to be in the business school. I knew that from jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because I love business. I've always talked about being a businesswoman. Yeah. Now, when I got, I, I knew what I wanted to study too, by the way, um, before I got to college. So my senior year, maybe it was my, the last of the spring semester of my junior year, I had a phenomenal biology teacher who I was conversing with and I was telling her about what I was looking to do, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to go into the, the business school and I didn't know which aspect of business that I wanted to go into. So she we had a conversation. So she was like, it sounds like you should go into marketing. You know, marketing will never fail. You will always need to market yourself. You will always need to figure out how to sell to your customer mm-hmm. and being able to position yourself to do so. would be fantastic. And she's like, even if you decide not to go into business, you're always marketing yourself. Life is nothing but marketing and inter- interviewing. Yeah. So I said, you know what? That's a good point. So I went into college or I applied to GW knowing that I wanted to study marketing. In my search of the university, I also discovered that they have a sports management program. Mm. So I was like, hmm, Holy Spirit, because (laughs) (laughs) I knew, and I still know, that my career goal is to go into sports, um, to work in the sports industry. So I was just like, well, GW has a sports management degree, and it's not going to cost me any more to get my marketing degree. 
I'm going to do both. Yeah. I'm a huge advocate telling students, please, whatever you do, if you have two interests, that's fantastic. Go into school with it as a double major or a major and a minor or get a major. And if you have more, do a double minor. You just have to know those things early enough so that it doesn't extend your time on campus. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I think is so wrong that schools do this, and I, I don't hear it as much, maybe because people are actually getting smarter. Telling a child to come into school undecided is absolutely the worst piece of advice right. any adult can tell a child. Why? Because schools are expensive. Yeah. Telling students to come into schools confused, undecided, not knowing what they want to do, puts them in a position where they may be in a school that they should never be in in the first place. Right. When you have no interest and now you're going to this college that's costing fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year and you're undecided, that's absolutely asinine. Right. Completely foolish. And that's why people start transferring their second and third year. That's why people started having five-year collegiate education programs. And I'm just like, school should not take you five years unless you're in a five-year master's program. Right. <laughs> right. Let them no, seriously, I'm sitting here, I'm like, we are putting our, our students in debt. You're wondering why we're in debt because you're telling the kids mm. it's okay to be confused. It's okay yeah, to not have an idea what you want to do. Now you're wrapping them into the system that's putting them in debt to society. Yeah, right. Did you have uh, someone tell you this? Were your parents advocates of, you know, you need to, you know, buckle down, do what you have to do in high school to be able to have these opportunities now that you were in college? Not really. Mm -hmm. Thank God for my older sister who reminded me to apply for my scholarships. Yeah. Because if she had not reminded me, I was so heads down with my college applications, and when I finished, I was like, thank God. She was like, "Are you have you done your scholarship as well? And she was, of course, talking from a place of experience because she had gone and graduated at this point because she's five years older than me yeah. to Catholic University in D.C., and she didn't have a scholarship. <clears throat> Excuse me. She and my second sister didn't have a scholarship, or at least they didn't have a full scholarship to go to their respective universities. They had money, but yeah. when, you're, when you're talking about getting a half scholarship on a $60,000 tuition, <laughs> Right. <laughs> that don't do nothing for you. Right. You know, you could go to your state school and still be debt free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my sisters were the ones. But whenever I saw it, it goes back to the testimony thing. Yeah. Again, whenever I saw something that I liked and I wanted to experience it, I'm like, God, let's go. Yeah. So, for instance, the White House thing, I saw, I don't, I mean, the most random things, right? I saw a posting. <laughs> on the college Republicans, because I was a White House intern under the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw a posting that White House interns, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I always wonder how people got into this thing. Isn't this the Monica Lewinsky thing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. You know, isn't that what she was? Yeah, she um, was. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, you can work in the White House. I'm like, I'm not trying to sleep with nobody's president here. Right. But, um, <laughs> Scam. but let me apply and see if I can get this thing. So I applied, and I actually did not get it. Oh. I didn't, they turned me down. I did not get it. But God, God was like, I'll take you still. I'll still take you there. Wow. Uh-huh. What happened was this was spring two thousand eight, and President Bush's last year in office. Because they're they're their last year, they're transitioning. Especially when they're two term presidents, you know they're leaving. Yeah. They're transitioning out the office, literally. So I applied for the internship, didn't get it. Like two or three weeks later, later the lady who's eventually became my supervisor, calls me and says, hi, this is so-and-so from the White House um, internship program, and we saw that you applied and that you're based in D.C. 
Mm. We've been thinking that President Bush is leaving, and because we have to transition the office out to his ranch in Texas, we would love for you to be able to support us during the semester. Now, here's the thing. All other students had to take a semester off of school. Mm. They were like, since you live in D.C. and you're so close to our office, we're willing to work with your schedule. Mm. Is this something that you'll be interested in? Wow. I said, well, let me get back to you. Let me see how my schedule works out because I don't know what exactly I'll need to do. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, that was nothing but a front. I was like, God, hold on, I can do this day. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Holding your spirit once again. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, yes, Jesus. Yes. I was able to intern Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because I, I personally don't. Who, who wants to be in class all week? Right. I was like, I, I had all these different gaps in my schedule um, that I literally used the time to go into the White House to intern. So I did Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I think it was the afternoons. I don't remember which shift, but I think it was the afternoons from like 12 to 5 or maybe even 11 to 6, something that worked every week for the spring semester of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nothing but a blessing because I was the only one who was able to do that. GW was literally walking distance to the White House. I mean, when I say prime position, if I was at even at University of Maryland or George Mason, it wouldn't have been as convenient. It would have mm-hmm. been possible, but not as convenient. They, they were able to call me because they know the proximity of my university. There are things that the White House does on my campus yeah, at yeah. the time. You know, they would use our campus facilities to do certain events. So that was just nothing but favor. That's right. I love that God gave it to you when he knew it would work best for you. Right. I mean... Honestly, I, I don't know if it would have been if it would have worked any other time. Right, right. Yeah. So you, you you're absolutely right. That's so crazy, and that just goes to say that sometimes it's not a no. Right. Sometimes people it's not a no. God is just like hold on, we got to work some stuff around to make this where you don't have to stress out and you know do all that. You, you know yeah. what? Okay, come through, Jesus. Okay. I like this. Come on, Lord. Right. I like that. Wow. So. Now that you have, you're in college, have beasted it with all these ideas and dreams, you've graduated post-college, now you're in a career. (laughs) Dum, dum, dum. All right. What does that look like (laughs) for you, girl? You you have a passion for fashion. You did your internship (laughs) in Paris. You have a business degree. And... And you you ultimately want to work in sports. What does your career look like now? None of that. <laughs> <laughs> we it twins, girl. Like we none twins. Of that. <laughs> it looked nothing like what I was hoping for. The real world is real, you guys. It's yeah. so real. Yeah. Right. Hence the real oh, world part yeah. of it. Yeah. But there's no and the crazy thing is there's no transition. Like it's. It's literally one of those things that happens overnight. And you're just like, how did I get here? Like, how did I miss it? Wasn't I just in college? Yeah. Wasn't I just in life? Wasn't I just traveling to all these different countries in yeah. Europe and I was living in Paris? Yeah. How am I in America just trying to figure out what to do next? Girl, yeah. I said, ask myself, like, why is my life like this? Who who did this to me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you're just, you're trying to scratch your head like, how, how, how? Yeah. But. My life looked nothing like what I hoped for. My my goal, my plan was to graduate college and move back to Paris. Mm-hmm. I was so obsessed. I was like, I just need to live there for a year. Mm-hmm. Live there for years. My African parents were like, you've lost your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, you already had your little experience in Paris. Now come back down to reality. Right. Um, and the reality was that I had a scholarship program. I was a Gates Millennium Scholar that would yeah. allow me to go to college and 
fund my college education for up to 10 years, depending on what avenue I went. So long story short, I ended up going back and getting my master's in information systems technology, which was a program that my sister did as well. Mm. At GW, and so I always joke that she followed me to GW to watch me. (laughs) (laughs) And then my eldest sister ended up coming my sophomore year, so it was really crazy. Like, we were all at GW at one time. So I ended up going into the corporate spaces at at a small tech firm that put me in as a consultant. So I started consulting in technology, and that firm was acquired by PwC. So I was with PwC for two years, and then I went to Deloitte Consulting, and I was there for five years. Mm-hmm. nothing like what I expected, but it was it was just a different arena. And I should mention that in between that time, I did start my blog, Beasts Pieces, where mm-hmm. I was doing African lifestyle blogging, doing yeah. African fashion, talking about African companies, restaurants, just the black diaspora as a whole. Yeah. But nothing like what I imagined. But I do thank God for the fact that I knew that I was going to do something in fashion. And that's where... The blogging sparked my entrepreneurial journey because I ended up starting my company, Day BC, when mm. I was 24. Okay. Maybe 23, I think. 23 or 24. And started that, started selling African material accessories because I refuse, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I refuse to do clothes. I'm like, I'm not here to be dealing with nobody's African, sewing and measuring and <laughs> fittings. I, I did not want to do it. Right. I was like, nope, purses are one size fit all, you don't got to try it on. Right. Take Boom. So that's exact, that's how I got into accessories. I'm not going to lie. That's exactly how I did it. I was like, I, I just can't. So I, I did that business for about two years. And then I started my college coaching company because parents in my church started coming to me, asking me, how did you go to school for free? Like you went to this expensive school. How does that help me? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with my child. They're not getting good grades, all these things. So slowly but surely, that's how I got into alphabetology, which I do now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So how is... Um, God kind of merging all of those pieces because, you know, like we've been saying, sometimes you have one thing in mind for yourself and then God is like, nope. Um, (laughs) But when he says no, sometimes I think that we're angry about it. Like, no, I don't want what you just gave me. But how have you been able to appreciate like this new journey he's taking you on? Is it because like you just have heard from him and you're at peace with what he said? Or is it because you see traces of your heart and what you really want in what you're doing now Ooh, Ooh. that last part of that question (laughs) that last part because and i am i'm honing on that last part because i'm just like god is this really what you need me to do is this really what you want me to call you call me to do because this is not what i had planned yeah um it's a mixture of both okay more of the, the former, so 60% of the, the first part, I trust him. Yeah, okay. And I praise him through the struggle. Yeah. I'm praising him through the struggle, even though I'm seeing remnants and bits and pieces of what he said that he will do coming to fruition. And I just remind God, because he tells us to remind, remember, remind him of his word. He tells us that, put him to the test. And I don't like, let me be careful, let me season my words of salt. <laughs> I don't like... <laughs> When believers tell other believers or babes in Christ not to question God, mm-hmm. I think it's unfair. And mm-hmm. I say that because Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and mm-hmm. he said, my father, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's possible, let this cup pass by me. Right. 
like not cool. your will. Right. right. I, I tell people, I'm like, Jesus didn't want to die for you guys, just so you know. Oh, right. <laughs> he sure did. He was like, look, if anything else can be done. Right. I feel like he was down for it when he came, you know, yeah. but then once he saw how y'all are, he was like, like, I don't know. He was like, for these for real, you entire life. Woo. I've been studying the scriptures since I was 11. Right. Yeah. Rolling with the Pharisees, putting them in check. You want me to die now? Like, what? what? Right. So, <laughs> I tell people, like, I tell my teens, I'm like, Jesus didn't want to die for you? <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, you crazy. Like, no, he didn't. Let's be real. But he still did it. Yeah. yeah. So much so that we're still talking about him today. We're still calling on his name because he did it. Yeah. So I, I literally have to have to remind myself, it is not about you. It is mm. not about you. It is not about you. And when I remind myself of that, I'm just like, God, you better come on with your glory. Yeah. Use me as a vessel unto honor. I mean, like this, it, it's a prayer point because I'm just like, God, you are not a man. And I tell my, I have to say the scriptures back to myself because mm-hmm. God moves at his word, right? The, yeah. The, tells us that everything else will fade away we see people who you know god rest their souls who die left right and center yeah, mm-hmm. with the word of god stands no living on the word of god because it still stands like you said mm-hmm. yes it still stands so i just put him in remembrance of his word and i don't know if you remember this kendalyn i don't know if you saw this post when i posted it last year about the two quarters my quarter testimony yeah we talked about that and you told yeah, me yeah, that we did talk about it yes yes so backstory brandy quick story yeah i I was so frustrated last year. Not even frustrated. It was just more so just like I was feeling it. I was like, God, this struggle is for real, for real. Like, I'm in the heat of this. I'm doing what you told me to do. Don't make me lose my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I need cash flow to be flowing. Because yeah. <laughs> your girl, like, the, the funds are getting low. It can't, you can't do this to me. You told me to do this, and I'm obeying you, and I trust you. So I walked outside, and I was getting ready to go on a prayer walk that I do every Saturday morning. And I was getting ready to head out to my little hiding place, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And when I walked outside, I saw, I think it was one penny on the ground. It was one penny that I saw on the ground. So I smiled and I picked it up because it reminded me of what God told me about seeing money on the ground. So I picked it up and I said, God, if what you told me is true about business and marriage, I specifically said those two things. Mm-hmm. I want a quarter on the ground. Oh. Holy Spirit immediately spoke to me and said, why a quarter? And I said, because we don't find quarters on the ground like that. We see nickels, dimes, pennies. I usually find dimes and pennies. I never find quarters on the ground. So I said, I want you to give me a quarter on the ground. So he didn't say nothing else. Got to my secret hiding place. And I usually, it's like a circle. It's an oval, almost like a track. Mm-hmm. And I started to walk every which way. Like I was going into bushes. I was going into little nooks and crannies that I never paid attention to before. And this is the place I've been going to for like years, at least four years at this point. And I was going to these little shrubs and the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? Like when I tell you, I could hear like hear his voice. He was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for my quarter because I need my confirmation for the day. Mm. And the Holy Spirit said to me, and I, t- and I put in my testimony video, I really could feel Holy Spirit shaking his head like, you're silly. Like, really <laughs> Anyways, he said, what you're looking for will find you. You will not need to go out of your way. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, you better give your girl a word for right. this day because that okay. thing touched my heart. Right. But because I'm still a flesh being, yeah. I was in the spirit when he said it. <laughs> because right. I kept doing the same thing for like another 30 to 45 minutes. 
I kept doing the same thing. And I was like, God, I done been here for two hours. I need to get up out of here. I have so much to do today. Right. <laughs> I trust you. And this, this is exactly what I said to him. I said, I trust you. I believe what you said is true and that you're going to give me my quarters now. Right. Now, when I said now, the word now, I didn't mean as in like you're going to drop it out of heaven right. for me now. Now, I meant now as in it's going to happen. It's going to come. It's going to materialize, manifest. Right. And what I think people forget is that faith is a constant thing. It's consistent. And the Bible tell, tells us that now faith, now faith, now faith, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's always in a state of faith. I went to, I think it was the Jalal Festival that was going on in D.C. And then I was headed to a gospel concert. Long story short, when I got to the gospel concert, it was raining cats, dogs, lions, tigers, bears, every type of thing that could come out of the sky was falling. I was like, good grief. It was that kind of rain that when you open your car door, it slams your door back. Yeah. Even like make an attempt, like this, the kind of rain that slaps you around. So I got into the concert. <laughs> like had to like air dry. I'm like, God, please dry my clothes, make it hot in here because I'm soaking wet. I proceeded to leave because my line sister was getting engaged to, I'm um, engaged that night. So I had to leave like 30 minutes, 40 minutes early. And one of my good friends who was a Muslim said, oh, I can't let you walk outside by yourself. I'll walk with you. So he started talk- we started talking and he was telling me about all the good things and how he's talking to a girl who he um, used to talk to before and they, they rekindled their conversation. And I was like, oh my God, this is completely different than what you were talking to me about a month ago. I'm so happy for you. I hope this works out. Blah, blah, blah. In the middle of my state statement, he proceeds to say, oh, look, a quarter on the ground. Oh, wow. And yeah. there's two quarters. There's two quarters. And I don't know why the heck he was excited about these daggone quarters, but let me tell you, I did not see those quarters. Mm. I did not see those quarters. I was so focused. And when I walk, I'm like zoned out. I'm like, get to the get to the next place. Right. Point B. Point B. Didn't look at the ground. Wasn't paying attention. Forgot my prayer from the morning. And remember what I told, what I asked God for. Right. Mm-hmm. I asked him for a quarter, not quarters, a quarter. Right. Yeah. When he said it's two quarters on the ground, I was like, oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> oh, bless me so right. <laughs> Double for your trouble. Okay. Oh, you're going to do something exceedingly abundantly above what I can imagine right. or think or have prayed for. Lord, you have answered me. This is my confirmation. And I explained to my, I call him my brother. I explained to my brother exactly what God was talking about, what, what I prayed that morning mm-hmm. and with God and I discussed and he was just like, you know, giggly, like what the hell are you talking about girl? Cause he a Muslim. He wasn't, he wasn't down for my conversation. He was right. like, <laughs> girl, get these 50 like, cents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, take this money and go girl. Go back. <laughs> so I was like, Oh my God. I said, and I told him, I was like, those quarters are for me. Because it, when I tell you guys, those quarters were super shiny. I was like, God, you done dropped these quarters out of heaven. These oh. are straight from the rain. It came from the rain, girl. <laughs> Girls, I truly believe it fell from the sky because them quarters felt and looked super new. Not a scratch, not a dent, not a piece of, you know how gum gets on your, on your, yeah. wow. my oh my goodness. And I was just sitting there. I was just, when I say mind blown, mind blown away. So anyways, mm-hmm. I told him to keep a quarter. Because I was like, God is going to bless me so much that I'm going to be able to bless other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me right there, when you when you say God is in the details, I'm like, God is straight up in them details. Yeah. He is really in the details. Yes. And I trust him. I'm like, God, you will not put me to shame. And my cousin said something so simple but very profound to me when I started going and when I went into business full time. And she said, look for confirmation every day. Look for mm-hmm. confirmation every day. So mm-hmm. when... 
I got into my car and I was just worshiping God and I said, God, this is my confirmation for the day. Heck, this is my confirmation for the month. We good. <laughs> <laughs> you can rest on me. You go work for somebody else. All right. <laughs> I was like, my, my mind was somersaulting. I was like straight up on cloud nine because I was like, I'm amazed. I completely forgot what I prayed for. And I, I bring that up, the forgetfulness of it, because when you literally let go mm. and let God, mm-hmm. yeah. when you release yourself from making things happen your way and you allow, allow God to do it, the way you will blow your mind. And this is only about the quarter testimony. So I'm sitting here, I'm just like, God, I don't know what you have planned up there, but I trust you. Yeah. And I said that to him on July 18, 2018, when I went into full-time business for that first day. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust that you're gonna you're not going to put me to shame. So, Kendallin, yes, I know this is a long answer. That's Going great. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> that there are things, there are times when I'm sitting in my business, I'm like, God, did you really call me to do this? Like, is this what you want me to do? Why am I, I feel like I'm starting at a, I'm getting at a point where I'm struggling. I shouldn't be struggling if it's from you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it be easier, not necessarily easy, but easier because you have called me to this right. and you're giving me direction. So even last night when I was looking for something for a different aspect of my business, I literally had an epiphany and I was just like, Oh my God, I think I discovered what exactly what you need me to do. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I texted my sisters because you know, they're always, they're my gate, my uh, gate check. Yeah. Like you guys, I think I actually got it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. My second sister had already told me to do this before. But when you're, because she told me, she told me it in a different way, not necessarily that specific way that I presented it. Mm-hmm. Still, it all ties together. Right. So when I had the the epiphany, the revelation, the coming to Jesus moment. I was just like, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Now how? Now that I got that blueprint, let's get to action. Put me in the places where I need to be. Put me in front of the people who I need to be in front of. Put me in in front of people who are decision makers. Who got the money? Mm, okay, <laughs> who can elevate me? Because Lord, if the yeah. prophecy of my life is true and yeah. it's come through several people at this point, yeah, not just you talking to me because you didn't even tell me first. You told everybody else mm-hmm. around yeah. the way. Now, if this is the truth, you got to make things happen. So it's literally a mixture of both. You know, I, I go back and forth. There are times when I go back and forth, but I'm like, God, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm right. in it. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. Oh, and it's, it's easy to get distracted because everybody's doing these things that you per- perceive that they're getting rich quick or they're getting that fame quick. They're mm-hmm. getting the million likes on a post. Mm-hmm. Like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to make a statement. I love, I love this about your journey because according to the world standards, like you and the experiences that you've had uh, with your education, the things that you can do because what you have been exposed to, you could really be like, I'm not listening to you, Lord. I'm going to do what I know is safe. Right. What I know will make me money or put me on a on a stage or on a platform that I want to be on. Like, you literally could just be like, pick up your stuff and go the other way. Right. And so I love that you are obedient. staying faithful, being obedient to what he's saying. And you don't have to, according to the world. Like, right. you got to because you love the Lord. But you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. love that about you. Um, because you know, some people will look at other people and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just, (laughs) if you feel like you have no options, then it's like, all right, let me listen to God. But like, you really could be out here six figure chicken it or or whatever it could be. Um, but you're choosing to stay faithful to God and that's pretty dope. 
Thank you. And you know, it's actually funny that you, you said that because when I left Deloitte, I was actually looking for another job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was looking for another job. And when nothing was biting back, I was like, okay, God, let's do it. I'm going to go full throttle. I actually ended up getting contacted by another company. I think it was two weeks after I left. And they're like, oh, we'll pay you this much, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Where were you when I was looking for it? Right, like, right. Hey, how are you guys coming to me at this point? Yeah. <laughs> and I just knew that something was wrong. So I, I, once, I, I, just, I didn't feel the connection. I didn't feel the yes from God to go. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I prayed about it that night, I said, God, if this is truly from you, if it's, if it's meant to be, when I wake up in the morning, I'll be ready to book my trip for this interview because they wanted me to come up to New York to interview for it um i woke up i would want to say i had the peace of the lord that surpasses all understanding mm. i was very comfortable with not going i had to email the lady said hey thank you for the opportunity to come and interview with you guys but i but at this point um this opportunity is not a good fit for me so ended up not doing it and that peace I, i'm just so grateful and i love that you said that you know, we, we honestly could go by the world standards, but mm-hmm. a month after leaving Deloitte, God spoke, and I think it was like a week after that opportunity, God spoke to me again. And I, I was just, my same prayer, my prayer um, area, my secret hiding place, I was at the same place, and this was a year before, so this was July, this would have been August 2018. And God told me, he said, he literally said, stay in your lane. Focus on what mm. I have given you. That yeah. stay your, he said, stay at your, he said, um, I will finish. I'm, I'm looking at my prayer journal because I actually wrote it down. Yeah. I said, I will finish successfully at my own pace on my own course if I just focus on my own path. Mm. Yes. Ooh, when nice. I tell people to write things down because the human mind is faulty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because things happen in our lives, there's things that causes us to be afraid or to be concerned or to be worried, stressed out that will allow us to forget things. There are things that I, I, when, whenever God speaks to me, I'm like, I have to write it down. I have to write it down because I cannot afford to forget. And in, in the case I do forget, I have a reference point, yeah, right. you know, to write the vision, make it plain. But this is also, this is also a part of the vision because this is a part of the journey. Yeah. I need to pivot because I misunderstood or something is shifting or the world standards are shifting. Like, I work in the education space. Let's be real. People ain't trying to go to college no more. Right. People are not seeing the value in it, even though it's very valuable, especially for those of us who are black. Yeah. I can't tell people enough, don't get twisted by the world standards. Don't get excited. Because not everybody's going to be that unicorn black person, the golden ticket one, to make it through. Because if you don't have the desire, the energy... The stamina to keep pushing forward. Don't get confused by the people who make it and tell you about the result. Right. Yeah. Right. Because if you're not ready to stand the test of time through the process, you're going to fall. Why do you think athletes who are making millions of dollars, millions of dollars, let's take Mike Tyson, the highest paid athlete at one point, yeah. made millions of dollars, is broke today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Is building himself back up through coaching. Because he squandered his money. He didn't know what to do. He was uneducated. So when I see these kids, they're like, oh, you know what? Bill Gates didn't have to go to college. Mark Zuckerberg didn't have to go to college. LeBron didn't go to college. I'm like, how is your your ability to push through? What is your stamina to make it through? Uh What are you doing to train your mind outside of the classroom? Because you're always going to be learning something. Right. Hello. At a VC, 
How do you use the power of manifestation in your life? That is something that I'm digging deeper each and every, it's an everyday thing because okay. everything I just told you is literally manifestation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's easy for us to get caught up in here and now. Yeah. The physical here and now, because we want things because of the internet, because of social media, we <laughs> want everything Insta, Insta, Insta. And it's just like, that's, that's not the kind of now that God is talking about. Yeah. Because again, a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. You know, so I use the power of manifestation of literally letting go and letting God. Yeah. When God tells me to do something, I'm like, okay, give me the energy, give me the mindset, give me the courage to do so. You need to help me out to do this. Because if this is truly from you, Hmm. it needs to work. And if it's not from you, I mean, that's my prayer. Like, God, if if it's of you, let it be easy. If it's not, let it end quickly. Right. Um, or he answer I, those prayers too because I've said a couple in my day child and he will answer them right hmm. I'm on yeah. and I'm just, I, I put it down I'm just like God this this is what I need you to do so I use the power of, power of manifestation of just praying and seeking God's face to show himself yeah. and to answer and to answer my prayers but also letting go that part is what we have struggles with and I hate seeing people pray desperate prayers where they don't trust God. It gets to a point where mm. you're, you're desperate too much mm-hmm. and it's counteracting your faith because now you're saying that, God, do it. Please, 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 Lord, do it, do it, do it. If you trust God, mm. God, I trust that you will do this. But if you don't, okay. Right. You know, we have to get like Daniel and his friends, the three Hebrew boys. My yeah. Lord will do it. Hmm. In the case he doesn't save me, I'm still going to trust him. Right. <laughs> you know, just like Jesus, God, are you sure this cup is for me? Because if you get past it by, I don't need a swig. I don't need a drink. Nope. I'm good. But your will, not my own. Right. You know, a lot of us get, when we get into the moment, we're just like, God, I can't take it. I mm-hmm. need you to do something. Help me. This shouldn't be happening to me as a believer. But the Bible tells us many other afflictions of the righteous. Mm-hmm. You know, so... We have to always seek to stand. And one thing that is unfortunate is painful. But one thing that we have to remember as well is there's sometimes that we might not see the manifestation of what God is talking about for us until years. Yeah. That is painful. (laughs) Painful, girl. It's painful. It's painful. But when you're focused on that thing, that's when it's painful. Yeah. When you're focused on being occupied until he comes back. Hmm. And doing other things that will fill your time, that make you happy, that get you closer to your purpose, that get you closer to the Lord, that allow you to teach other believers to walk in faith. I'm telling you, I feel like <clears throat> that allows the, sh- the manifestation time to shorten. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're not okay. counteracting your faith with distrust. Right. right. Yeah. Just living your best self. Okay, so this has been so awesome. But before we wrap this up, my last question and it probably, I'm sure you'll put this in the book one day, but um, what would you tell not only your younger self, but just this younger generation, because I know you, that you have a heart um, for this generation. What would you tell them about hearing God's voice for themselves, trusting God, and just being able to walk out that journey um, with confidence? I tell them that 
I can teach them all I want to. I can, they can listen to my testimonies, testimonies of other people. But if they don't trust God for themselves, if they don't give him a, a try for themselves, and God tells us to test them in these things. Mm-hmm. Do what I say and to test me and see if, it, if I don't come through. Yeah. I tell them to, to just trust God. You know, literally give God a chance. And don't put him in this box. Don't mm-hmm. put him on a timetable. Don't put him on a time crunch. Write down the date that you have these conversations with God so that you can reference it and that you can understand how things work. But the reality of it is, is that God does not work on our time. He doesn't care about our little 24 hours in a day. Yeah. He doesn't care about our 365 days in a year. He doesn't care about our 10 years in a decade. He cares about your heart. And if your heart is not right with him, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And here's the thing. God will do things out of the kindness of his heart and because he, as um, one of my pastors up here said, he said, because God is a gentleman, <laughs> you know, he's not going to disrespect you. He's going to do things so that you can see his goodness, so that, you, so that you can be more willing to give him more of your heart. But right. I tell the generation that you can't ride on your mom and your dad's faith. You can't ride on my faith. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there, there are going to be times where I'm going to do something that you're not going to like or that you don't understand. Right. And you can't use me as a pawn to God and say that, oh, Addy BC did this. Oh, my mom did this. Because if you know the word of God and I'm in error, I need you, as young as you may be, mm-hmm. to come to me and tell me that this is not right. This is my understanding of God. Yeah. You know, just the same way that Paul told Timothy, don't let them tell you that you're young. Right. But when you know God for yourself, mm-hmm. no, one can, no one can question you. Right. I love that. Just try him. I mean, and the young people try everything else. You might right. as well try to lose. Right. What you got to lose? Right. <laughs> and I think as the as an older generation, it's our responsibility, like they were talking about today at church, to create atmospheres where young people can just try him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like try him on their own terms and the way that they understand so that they can have that genuine relationship as well. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been amazing. Yeah. I could talk to you all day. (laughs) (laughs) And I would actually talk to you. I'm like, girl, yeah. Right. (laughs) We could go on and on and on. Uh, So thank you so much. Before we end, let the people know where they can find you because they want to find you. Trust me. Yeah. (laughs) Find me, y'all. Search for me. You can find me on all platforms for the most part at at abc.co. So that's A B E. B-I-S-I-D-O-T-C-O. Facebook, I am at, excuse me, I am forward slash I am at ABC. And you can also find me at Upliftology. Uplift all logy. <laughs> yes, and we'll leave everything in the description. So I'm so excited. This conversation has been very refreshing. I feel Thank like... you so much for having me. I'm yes. so grateful. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, all right, guys. Um, Until next time, remember, God is in the details.